Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, soon to be 12, 14 first. Who the hell knows who's coming, who's going, when it's going to happen. It'll happen at some point. We know that there's four teams who are joining the conference, and we're going to try and talk about them more. I've done a really bad job of it since the new year. Um, I'm sorry, Houston fans, if there's any who actually listen, since we have a Houston podcast in the network now, which is awesome. You know, love having Scott and Holman. Also, realized the other day, we now have a podcast for all of the eight current Big 12 teams who are staying, except for one, except for one school, Kansas State. Kansas State's the only one, because Jamie, JSJ, Jamie Sire Johnson, has launched our Iowa State show, and if you have not listened to the Cyclone Family Podcast yet, I mean, I know the first episode just went up on Friday, but that's like, you've had, it's this is Monday, you've had all weekend. What excuse do you have? I had a three-year-old's birthday party I had to attend, and I listened to the damn thing. So I don't want to hear it. It's my daughter. Like, if I had to, I got to attend. That's fine. Yes. I have a three-year-old's bluey birthday party. That's what we did. <laughs> Duck cake and all. Uh, that voice you heard is, of course, uh, the magnanimous host of the Cyclone Family Podcast and our usual Monday cohort, uh, JSJ herself, Jamie Steyer Johnson. It's been a great week. Ready to keep it rolling. Two thumbs up. Jamie is, of course, very excited to talk about her Cyclones, both on the men's and the women's side, for good reason. For good reason. Uh, Andy is not here today. It has nothing to do with the Kansas City Chiefs loss. He was going to be out before then. That is just, I guess, a bonus for him to not have to be here and talk and try and fake he's in a good mood. Uh, Filling in, uh, we didn't have to go too far. Still Kansas-related. Host of a Kansas State podcast that's not part of the network. We've tried, folks. The Bosco boys. Scott McFarlane, <laughs> welcome back to the 1012, sir. It feels good uh, to be back. Uh, you know, you, you still get a depressed Chiefs fan to come on since Andy uh, couldn't. Um, but I will say, I, I wouldn't have given you crap when I first, you know, showed up saying, oh, if I would have known we were the Chiefs were going to lose, I wouldn't have said yes. I didn't know Jamie was going to be on here, so... If I would have known that, I would have been like, all right, you know, I'm in even if the Chiefs lose, no excuses. Uh, while she's had some cameos on on our show, and I'm a big fan of hearing her every Monday on the 10-12, and I did listen. The second I saw it hit the airwaves or metaphorical airwaves, the podcast waves, I downloaded the Cyclone family uh, because I, I think I'm probably Jamie's biggest fan, you know, in Kansas. So the fact that she finally is rocking her own Iowa State podcast so I don't have to listen to you that other, you know, that KU guy, you know, on Mondays, I could still get my JSJ fix. You know, that's great for me. Your listens might go down a little bit, but, you know, I'm happy for her. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know this show was just going to be Let's Hype Up Jamie episode. I love it. We, we got to build you up before we bring you down. Uh, <laughs> hey, you'll, I'll never bring you down. You know, I can't uh, speak for Phil, but no, uh, I listen to it, and if there's anyone who's listening to this show who hasn't given that a download, again, I'm a podcast addict. I will tell folks if shows are good or shows are bad. I, I enjoyed that show, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows and evolves, you know, over the next, you know, 10, 12, 15, 25 years. I love Ooh, it. There you go. I love 10, that. 12, 15, 10, 12. <laughs> okay. Uh what a good point to, to branch off and actually talk about some uh, some Big 12. Ooh, we got tied San Francisco LA game. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Focus, Philip. That's enough NFL for now. I okay. I'll just say it. I'm a Niners fan. I grew up a Niners fan. My papa was a Niners fan because we love Joe Montana. I'm also a Chiefs fan because he grew up in Kansas City. I know it's weird to be like, how could you like two teams? I'm not a diehard NFL fan, so like I root for the Chiefs, the Niners primarily. Yes, the Super Bowl the way they played each other was like. I didn't care. I was just, I was like, who's going to win me. Um, 
and I did. Uh, in this situation, I'm I want the Chief, the, the Niners to win. I'm also fine with the Rams win because I'm a giant Cooper Cup fan. Like I pulled him on all of my dynasty and fantasy teams. By the way, Cooper, thank you. Uh, three out of four this year. That's right. I know you all care about my uh, championship record. Yes, I was in all four championship games. Um, all right, we're done talking about that. All right, Big Twelve, Big Twelve, Big Twelve. Let's get the Big Twelve SEC challenge out of the way, and I say that because the Big Twelve is not victorious this year. Not victorious this year thanks to a couple of upsets by the sec and that's really to me what did it were the upsets by the sec whereas the big 12 i don't really think pulled off any particular upset i know the tcu lsu game is technically an upset because i think lsu is favored and lsu is ranked but i didn't go into that game going like yeah they're gonna win that game like i felt pretty good about tcu the way they're playing and the way lsu has been playing but not good for the big 12 not good that the best conference in men's college basketball faced off against arguably the second or third best conference uh, based off all the rankings. Like the SEC is the best at the very like top five, but the rest of it, they're terrible in the big tens of their, I don't know. Point is this, this sucks <laughs> except for the teams who were able to claim victory, Iowa state, TCU, Texas, and Texas tech. Congrats to all of you. Meanwhile, West Virginia, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, Baylor, Kansas, and Kansas State all found themselves on the losing end. Um, I'm not going to go through every game. I don't need to recap them all. Um, congrats to Texas Tech on continuing to be a pain in Mississippi State's ass. That's now 2-0 and in 2021 when the Red Raiders and the Bulldogs face off in a sport. If they face off in any of the other sports, I don't know, and neither does any Texas Tech fans because the only ones that he pays attention to until baseball season. Okay, moving on. Uh, shouts again to TCU. I thought that was a great win. That was a great win for TCU. I think as long as they continue to play well in the Big 12 and don't finish with too far below 500 or, you know, below 500. If they finish above 500 above, they're going to the tournament. At this point, I think this is one of those wins they absolutely needed for their resume to lock them in to a tournament bid, barring a complete collapse, right? Kansas State Ole Miss, like, I want to be, and and Scott, I'm going to give you a second to talk here, but like, I want to be disappointed here, but it's two kind of meh teams that met and the home team won. Does that... I mean, does that seem fair to you? Yeah, if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, that is 100% fair. K-State came into it as a one-point favorite. Um, so, you know, it's a toss-up game. It's not a hostile crowd by any means. <laughs> I think K-State fans, or at least I am super disappointed in, in it because uh, the K-State fans who aren't completely burn it down right now, we had crafted a scenario in which – you know, you win that and then you get hot in February and then who knows on Selection Sunday, you might find yourself on the edge of your seat. Uh, losing that game kind of throws away any of these grand uh, visions or dreams that uh, uh, that could happen. And I think that's kind of just kind of like the reality check. The collapse and loss versus TCU a few weeks ago really uh, put a dagger into K-State fans' hearts who really wanted this season to be something. They come back with two ranked wins. And then you have the heartbreak versus KU, the absolute butt-kicking versus Baylor, and then this is just over at this point. So I think that is where the big emotional toll is. Any outsider would have looked at me like, all right, whatever. Ole Miss's coach is named Kermit and then moved on. <laughs> the implications behind it, not so much the one specific game. I, yes. I, I love that his name's Kermit. I think that's fantastic. Uh, I'm going to pull up a little that's thread here. That's news to me, here. so I'm glad that you shared that. Hey, that's what I bring. I bring random facts and probably spending 45 seconds on a five-second answer. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out something here, and I'll get to the point as to why. Uh, free throw or fouls in this game, Kansas State, 20, Ole Miss, 13. Okay, moving on. Jamie, Iowa State, 67, Missouri, 50. This game was close for a while. And then Iowa State just went, ha, 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 we're done playing with our food and just blasted Missouri. Yes. I So I got to watch bits and pieces here and there uh, during timeouts, during halftime. I was distracted during halftime. For context, of course, our women's team tipped off at 1230 and then the men were at one. Um, usually I can really get some good minutes in during halftime, 
but Texas Tech did have a dog halftime show. And so that did take priority since I had the front row seat. But um, watch the end as we were doing our post game. It's fun because, you know, the players come out to do their post game and I'm sitting there watching the men's game. And so we'll sit and we'll watch that a little bit and whatever. But no, it was it was impressive. I love, love, love what I'm hearing about um, Hilton embracing the kill count. Um, for context, they've they've really embraced their defense there, and so they've introduced this concept where they call three stops in a row on defense a kill. And so in Cyclone Alley, there's even they printed up um, little signs that say kill, and so each time they get a stop, they flip one of them over the partition and and they start chanting kill, kill, kill after two of them. And so that's very, um, very intense and sounds like a blast. I'm really looking forward to seeing that in action this week as I have just decided to make my trip to Ames to go watch Iowa State and KU on Tuesday. But no, it's good. I mean, you got to find those wins. You got to take advantage when you have an opportunity at home. And I'm just glad that they got it done and had some people step up that maybe hadn't had as great of numbers at times during the season. So really, there's nothing to complain about there as far as I'm concerned. Very good. Very good. Um, Props to Iowa State for that one. I mean, they should have won that game. Injury's bad. Uh, And it was weird that it was closed for a while. But I mean, I would say it's a good team. They're not an amazing or great team. But they're a really good team. They pulled away as you would like a good team to do. Um, Texas with a fantastic game against Tennessee. Um, shouts to Texas, not for this game, but for everything that Chris Beard and Texas did to basically kind of honor um, Rick Barnes while he was there in Austin and treat him like he should be treated. For those who don't realize, like he got fired. And it wasn't like everyone's happy in parting ways like, you know, the last coach out of out of Texas, it wasn't really like a good thing. So for them to treat Rick Barnes as they should, the way they did while he was in Austin, I thought that was really fantastic. I thought that was a great takeaway. It's a nice win for Texas over a, a good Tennessee team, low-scoring affair, shocking there. Not shocking at all. Kansas, Kentucky. This, to me, confirms two things I thought about both of these teams. And one of them is Kansas is good, but I'm not sold on them as like, when I fill out a bracket, if I fill out 10 brackets, I'm not putting Kansas as the national champion in any of them. I think they're a good team this year. I just don't think they're they're that. They have it all figured out. They have too many issues. The Remy Martin problem is a problem. They don't have great point guard play because of it. And I think that's an issue. I think Kentucky's playing really well. Kentucky's playing really well. Kentucky's playing really well. Like, I think this is more a statement about how good Kentucky is right now than some, like, the sky is falling for Kansas. I just think Kansas is a good team this year. I don't think they're they're great. Can they make a run? Anybody can make a run. Oregon State went to the Final Four last year. Anybody can make a run, right? So it's still a good Kansas team, but they have issues they've got to get figured out. And one thing I do want to say on that and from the Kentucky perspective, because as a sports talk and podcast addict in Kansas city, there was a handful of Kentucky folks who came on different shows in in Kansas city. I didn't realize this in every single one of Kentucky's major games, they either had Washington go down in the middle of the game, couldn't play, or they were missing two or more additional starters at the start of the game. So Kentucky actually coming in and leaving that game, at full strength is the first time they've done that versus a marquee opponent. And I think KU just kind of got lucky or unlucky on that uh, roundabout and be a bad omen when that scoreboard fell down and hit that KU player. What? uh, Right when they, did you not see that? How have you not? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll send it to you in a DM. Um, The scoreboard fell down and actually smacked one of KU's players in the face as they're coming out of the tunnel for the game to start. So I think that was just a bad omen. You know, Kentucky being healthy and then that on top of it, just not even Fog Allen could help them out with that. My mind is so blown by that. Philip, have you seen it? I have not. You're going to have to okay, send so it to I'll, I'll send it to, I'll, I'll send it to both of you. Oh I'm my. shocked because, and, and again, it's probably the circles that I uh, am on yeah. in, in Twitter. Uh, anytime to make fun of KU. Um, but <laughs> it, uh, it's something. It is something. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to. Oh, I see it's in there now. Um, okay. Oh my gosh, I gotta see this video. Um, Oklahoma going to Auburn, losing handily. I mean, 
Auburn's really good, guys. Like, Auburn's really good. Uh, you thought maybe Oklahoma could have the magic they did against Alabama last year. Uh, not able to. Oklahoma's still a solid team, but this was just, I think this was a mismatch. Yeah, because, I mean, Auburn was not supposed to be this. You know, that's no. that because it went off of uh, preseason projections. They were supposed to be upper middle class of the SEC about where Oklahoma's supposed to be. So I think Oklahoma really just got screwed by the draw this year. Which, okay, let's let's divert before we hit the other three real quick. Um, I've seen some people talk about this. I've seen our good friend Shahan J. Raja mention this at CVS. Um, I've seen other people mention it. Why do we have to preset these before the season starts? I understand planning, right? you got to plan, where are we going to go? You can set who's home and who's away. So you already know I'm going to have to travel. I understand there's some things you have to figure out from travel, but if a football team can handle turning things around in a week, I think a basketball team could figure out the logistics of finding out two or three weeks beforehand where they're going to go. Because, and I'm not saying you have to figure Isn't out the week. Isn't this what they but, used to do with the old bra- uh, uh, bracket buster yes. uh, mid-major thing? They, they used to do that. So I, I agree with you 100%. Like, I just, like, can we not? I think it's less to do with logistics and more to do with just tradition. Like, absolutely, they could do it. But, and it would make it better. Like, Baylor-Auburn yeah. is what we should have had. Or Baylor-Auburn is what we should have had. And I know Baylor lost. And that's not some commentary. Like, blah, blah, blah. we should have seen Baylor and Auburn. Like, we should have seen more more realistic matchups in this than what we got. Like, Iowa State's been good. They shouldn't have to play Missouri. Like, they should have had a better opponent than Missouri at home. Right? Like, I just I feel like it would it's a disservice doing it this way where we get some good matchups and you get some upsets but you get to this point in the season and and you get some that where we had we, we Auburn Oklahoma was a fine matchup but it could have been so much better like a lot of these matchups could have been better had we not done it back in October and waited until the end of, like this is played the last weekend of January every year if you need to do it that early plan it do it announce it the first weekend of January like January 1, we're announcing who they are. At least you're, you've got a chunk of, of season played and you can maybe met, make some better matchups. I just, I think it's a way to take the, what is already an awesome thing every year in college basketball and make it even better and even more exciting because it happens in the middle of conference play. It's a non-conference matchup between two conferences. It's awesome. You get some great games out of this. Let's make it even better by not doing the settings or setting up the matchups so early. Well, and that'd be innovative, too. It's like, get a little attention for it. Don't, like, hey. don't use that word. Don't use that word in college athletics. They don't like to be innovative, okay? They just like to be reactionary. This is reactionary. This is a reactionary thing to do. You know what? We could get better matchups. You're not, it's not, we don't like to do things ahead of time. We don't like to pre-plan or, or be progressive. Don't say progressive. That's also a, a bad word, unless it's insurance and they want to advertise for your conference. Um, or is that the suit? I don't know. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll pay for it. Uh, okay. Baylor at Auburn. Baylor at Alabama. God, I'm, my brain is what fried right now. Uh, again, three old birthday. Okay, we we made a duck cake. If you've watched Bluey, you understand the reference. And if you want, to I very pictures, much I, did not, and I was. Baffled. You don't have children. No, I don't. well, obviously, you don't have it's okay. Obviously, I don't, Jamie. I don't know everything about you. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> look, Akinjo is not healthy, right? They miss like Sochan has been down. Like, Baylor's not at 100%. They're not. And I get that. You're going on the road to an Alabama team. I would have been more understanding had Alabama did what Alabama often does and go off from three, right? Alabama goes off from three. That's what they love to do. I get it. You lose a game. They can do that. Alabama didn't go off from three. They shot 33% from beyond there. There were seven of 21. Baylor made more threes, had a higher three-point percentage than Alabama did. Like, the free throw discrepancy is not that big a difference. Alabama got four more. Alabama just made more shots. They just played better. Baylor's defense was, was frankly, a little bit disappointing in this game. I'm, I understand that they've got some guys out, but you gave up 87 to an Alabama team that only hit seven threes. That's a little bit concerning. And on the 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 foul thing, like, someone's like, well, the, the refs, it was a it was a three three penalty three foul differential, three. It was twenty no two. It was twenty uh twenty one to nineteen. Baylor had twenty one fouls. Alabama had nineteen. So don't come at me about the refs. Okay, we'll get to the refs in a second because I got three other games we can talk about refs in. 
Baylor's just flat out disappointed in this game. Absolutely flat out disappointed in this game. And I I just kind of, like, that was one of those ones you looked at and went, Bama's not playing all that well. If you told me that, ba- that Bama went seven for 21 from three, I'm like, Baylor won this one handily, and they didn't. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a little disappointing. And I think that is the biggest disappointment for the Big 12 on the weekend. And again, Baylor's not at full strength, but I do think, and again, not to get whole, uh, you know, SEC during bowl, you know, timeframe. I do think there is a little bit of, okay, I think the SEC takes a little bit more pride in trying to beat the Big 12 after they got their butts kicked the first few years they did this. The SEC all of a sudden started caring a little bit more about basketball. They circled this event in, in every broadcast I got to watch. The commentators talked about how the SEC team all week during practice was saying, hey, no, we need to do this for the conference. Oh, we have a pride. We want to do this thing. And I think there might have been a little bit of that element where Baylor might be thinking, oh, here's a random non-con game before we have to worry about the Big 12. Alabama's saying, all right, we're going to do this. Here's our chance to take down a big dog. And here's the chance for the SEC to say, hey, look, the Big 12 isn't all that in basketball. It's us. I think there's a little bit of an element to that. I can buy some of that. I would also think that's a nice lead into saying that the ESPN commentators may or may not own the SEC network and not own the Big Twelve. That is also true. You know, maybe maybe uh, you know, I, I'm I'm forgetting all the piss and vinegar I had this summer directed towards the uh, the conspiracy theories that I had with ESPN and the SEC. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'll, I'll, I'll go back and read my tweets from July. And You're going to be, be more supportive of the thing you own more of and ensuring that more of it is more successful because it benefits you. Like, that, that, I mean, that that's true. Like, that is true. That's not a conspiracy theory. Like, if I own stock in no, that's one just business, business and not in another no, one, I'm going to want the one I own stock in to do better than the one I don't own as much stock. Like, come on. Um, okay. Oklahoma State and West Virginia both go on the road and get beat pretty soundly. Oklahoma State actually had a nice 13-point halftime lead over Florida on the road and then ended up losing by 9, 81-72. So I'm going to that freak, that uh, foul thing. Big 12 home games. Now, both had five, what, right? Five. Five home in the Big 12, five home in the SEC. The the difference in number of fouls in the Big 12 home games, SEC uh, had more fouls called on an average of 2.2 across the board. Okay, 2.2 fouls. You had 16.8 for the SEC, 14.6 for the Big 12. Number of fouls called in Big 12 home games. SEC home games, number of fouls for the SEC teams, average 17.2. 17.2. So, so a slight uptick, 0.4 uptick. Uh, Big 12, 23.8. 23.8. I'm not one to complain about free throw discrepancies. Florida shot 41. Oklahoma State shot 19. Florida shot, I believe, let's see, they had nine in the first half, so 32 in the second half. I get it, teams foul, different things. Um, It's not a conspiracy theory. It's more of a, the Big 12 plays, it's prided itself on being a defensive conference. Very tough, aggressive defense. And just like you deal with refs at football games, and refs and everything else, different refs like to call things differently. So sometimes the way you play, they're not going to be as favorable to you. I don't think the refs are used to playing or calling uh, or refing games where the defense is played like they are in the Big 12. West Virginia has not won a road game in this series, and I think this is a big reason why. When you play tough, aggressive style defense, and the SEC refs are at the SEC home games, they're going to ride with the crowd, they, they felt more inclined to blow the whistle than the Big 12 refs often would. I think that hurt the Big 12 here. I think it made it harder for the Big 12 to pull off the upsets on the road. Because that's, look at the record. SEC went one, two, three, four, and five at home. The SEC won all their home games. Does it? The difference was that Kentucky went on the road and upset Kansas at home. The SEC won all their home games. And that included upsets over Baylor. Right? That included Florida being able to come back from 13 down at halftime. And getting a win. Like, I I I think that matters. And I don't like complaining about refs. I do not like complaining about refs. I do not like it. But the numbers speak for themselves. There's a huge discrepancy between the Big 12 home games and the SEC home games. It's not calling it a conspiracy, calling it style of play. And if you're more used to one than the other, 
you're going to favor one over the other. And that's, I think, some of what happened in this series. I think that's some of what happened at the SEC home games. Nobody wants to hype it. That's fine. Okay, we'll move on. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that uh, – I, I think calling out the West Virginia thing, I think, is a very great point. And I think that you've seen that with Bob Huggins' team, some of his very good teams uh, – get upset early in the NCAA tournament or maybe not earlier than you would expect them to be. Because again, once you get to the NCAA tournament, you're getting referees who don't call big 12 games. And it's, it's not just a this year thing. I think the big 12, even in years where maybe the defensive efficiency numbers aren't quite there. It's always been a more physical league. It's always been a more uh, bang on you type league. I mean, just in, in my Neck of the Woods, Frank Martin teams, you know, there was going to be a 60 free throw shot in a Frank Martin game. And it was the exact same style as Bob Huggins. Hell, even Bruce Weber teams, Barry Brown was found folks, you know, three, four times a game. That's just the way it is in the big 12. Then once you get out of that, uh, you know, network of referees who are used to it, of course you're going to get called for more and it sucks. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know. It's not enough for me to tell the league to send out a memo and tell them how to change, change playing defense. No, maybe they need to flip the referees. Hey, big 12 refs call the games in the sec arena, sec refs called in the big 12 arena and out a little bit. Yeah. I, I, but again, I, I know I just sound like bitter big 12 fan and they lost and blah, 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 blah. And that's how you want to feel. That's fine. I'm, I'm looking at data. I'm looking at numbers and I'm making an opinion based off of it. Based off of a theory I went in, I had going into looking into the numbers, the numbers kind of confirm the thought I have. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just mismatches there in the SEC and they took advantage of it and the Big 12 play teams really did just foul a lot. And that's fine. But like these are these are power five teams. These weren't like matchups of like top 10 versus bottom 10. Okay. Like, I just, they, yeah, whatever. Okay, we can move on from this. Um, you know what? I, I know a good way to move. Oh, hello, Rams and Bengals. All right. Look, I'm just going to say this. This is all I'm going to say. Go Rams. Go Rams, A, B. I love the story for the Bengals. The NFL has given us what we've been asking college football to give us for quite a while now, and that's something different. I don't get it, but like, I really want Matthew Stafford to get a Super Bowl because the guy's been stuck in Detroit forever and been like, he's not very good. No, he's just played for shitty teams and bad coaches. Also, I'm a diehard Cooper Cup fan, so give, give that man a ring. Okay, go read his story. His wife is awesome. That woman is awesome. She literally was like, what do you want to do? Go be an NFL star? All right, I'll deal with the stuff. You go try and, and be a stud. And that man's going to get paid, and that is amazing. And props to him and her, and props to Matthew Stafford. Let's go get it done. Go Rams. Okay. I have no idea how to segue from that uh, to our next particular topic. So I won't. Home Field Apparel, the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. No, there's no Rams or Bengals gear you can find, but uh, they do have, if you're a Rams fa- or a Bengals fan, I mean, they've got uh, they've got LSU stuff if you're a big fan of, of Joe Burrow, right? So you can go rock some LSU stuff. Um, they also have, oh, let me make sure before I say that they have Georgia Gary. Perfect. Maybe you're a Matthew Stafford fan. Remember that he played at Georgia. I do. Uh, Cause he just took my Cowboys uh, in Athens one year and just completely destroyed them. We weren't very good back then. Uh, Maybe you're a Big 12 fan, as you probably are listening to this podcast. They have Iowa State. They have Baylor. They have Texas Tech. They have West Virginia. They have Texas. They have incoming teams, Houston, Cincinnati. Uh, sorry, UCF and BYU. I had a brain fart for a minute. You know, sometimes it just takes me a second. Um, we know TCU's coming at some point this year. Not sure when. Did I mention Oklahoma State? They have Oklahoma State. How did I leave at Oklahoma State? It's the team that I root for the most. Here we go. All right. This is getting away from me, so we're going to wrap this up quick. 15% off your first order with uh, the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2. Look, if you're a fan of this show or any show in the network, we all have a promo code. Use whichever one you want. I don't care. I would love for you to use mine. I would be happy if you were a diehard fan. Jamie, I promise you we're going to get you your promo code soon. Um, if you are a fan of any of the that's shows... That's the promo code I'm waiting for. That's I'm fine. for Jamie. Um, I know what it will be, but it's not set yet. <laughs> Jamie will have her soon. Uh, whatever show you like, use their promo code. It's your first time. Get 15% off. It's the same deal anywhere. I want everyone on this network to shine... 
okay? Like a diamond. So use our promo codes, please. 15% off your first order. It really is good for us. Plus we love Homefield and we want you to buy as much gear from them because you're in t- you should just pull a drawer of Homefield gear out. Actually, you need one drawer for the t-shirts and one drawer for the sweaters and the hoodies, okay? Because you can't, that's too many things for one drawer unless your drawer is like three deep, which I had one of those as a child. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've lost a bit. Okay, we're just going to move on. Homefield Apparel, the most comfortable college sports apparel you will find anywhere. Big New Saturday Season 3 continues. I think there's another Big 12 school coming. We'll just wait and see. Okay, let's go to the women's. State. Huh? I hope it's K-State. I'm jealous. I know what it is, but I can't tell anybody. That's fine. I'm just putting it out in the ether <laughs> that put I it hope out it's there. K-State. You should put it out in the ether. You should. Let's go to the women's side because I, I don't want to talk about the games from Saturday or the weekend. I want to have a different conversation. And it was a perfect kismet situation here because we have Jamie, who is our Iowa State uh, aficionado. We have Scott, who is our Kansas State aficionado. And then you just have me who pays attention. Uh, I believe we have here a three-player te- three race for Big 12 Player of the Year. One of them is for Iowa State. This Ashley Jones. One of them plays for Kansas State. It's Miss Ioka Lee. And I, as the third man out, will take the other option, who would be Baylor's and Alyssa Smith. Although I'm going to be perfectly blunt, I think this is a two-person race, but we're going to do this bit anyways. Okay, we are here to take uh, each of our individual people, Ashley Jones, Aoka Lee, Alyssa Smith, and make our case for why they should be the Big 12 Player of the Year. Now, I know there's plenty of, of games to be played, a lot of opportunities for, for each of those players and for others. I, I would want to include um, Maddie Williams of Oklahoma because of where Oklahoma is in the standings, and I do think that that matters. I think I think there's I think there's enough here to say there's enough separation in the conference from top to bottom, the top seven, the bottom three, really the top six and the bottom four. But anyways, JSJ, I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, why should Ashley Jones be the Big Twelve Player of the Year? And I'll preface this by saying this is purely like are you like I I want Ashley to be it. But this isn't even my, like, opinion of who I'm endorsing. This is the argument for Ashley Jones. Because Aoka Lee's been incredible. Melissa Smith's been incredible. Gotta preface that. But, look, okay. I think one of the biggest things that Ashley Jones has done this year is score fewer points. (laughs) Which sounds crazy. But she's scoring a couple points per game less than last year. Not anything super, super crazy. Um, but it's she's been more efficient. She's been better with her shot selection. And so that just doesn't come off in box scores. So that right off the bat, she's increased her assists per game, nearly one per game, which, you know, when you're a volume scorer, that's really impressive. And then, of course, you've got just the statistics. And of course, I'm not going to dive in and go find all of the updated ones myself. I'm using the ones from before these last two games because I think that's still fair. Ashley's third in scoring behind Aoka and Alyssa. She's third in rebounding behind Aoka and Alyssa. She's above them as far as free throw percentage goes. She's a terrific three-point shooter. She's versatile. And so I think, obviously, like you said, a lot of it comes down to how the second half of the season shakes out. But that's where we're at right now, where those are her numbers So much of it comes down to the numbers, but her on the court just presence and impact is about as significant for Iowa State as really any player in the conference. Just from what she does for her teammates, what she does numbers wise, all that fun stuff. And I mean, yeah, just aside from, you know, accolades, whatever, I've been really really impressed with how she's developed from last year to this year she was really good last year she's done some really really great things this year as well all right scott and that's, that's quite good jamie excellent as expected scott uh please what is the argument for aoka lee to be the big tall player of the year yeah first off aoka lee is 
the Big 12 Player of the Year as we stand here right now. I'm, I'm not going to do any political correct things like uh, you and Jamie did. I think she is. She first off set a new women's basketball single game scoring record. The original record stood for, I think, close to 30 or 40 years. Someone tied it. Well, okay. Tied it, but she went to double overtime. That game was double overtime. Aoka Lee did it in regulation, and she didn't even play in the final four minutes of that game. Against that a was ranked verse, team. Yes, versus a ranked team. So, and I'll get to what she's done versus ranked teams here in a second. If you look at what she's doing comparatively to the Big 12, and I, I think I'm looking at the same uh, graphic sheet that Jamie did, she is five points more than the next two scores, 25.3 points a game. She is only 0.8 rebounds behind the leading uh, rebounder, Miss Smith at Baylor. If you look at field goal percentage, she is a full 6.7% better than anyone else. And she has 20 more blocks than anyone else. She is the most dominant player currently in the Big 12. Now you can say better, best dominant. I, I think those technically are two different things. I don't think there's an argument. I think you can make argument for player of the year, best player in the Big 12, yada, yada, yada. There isn't a more dominant player in the Big 12. She's doing all of this, not shooting three-pointers. She's not doing any of this, you know, the, you know, as Jim Woldridge once said, you know, fool's gold from three-point land. She's doing all this from inside the arc. And then when you look at what she is doing to rank teams, so those were her numbers just versus everyone. She's actually better versus ranked teams. 32.8 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 3.2 blocks per game, and she's shooting 60% from the field versus ranked teams. Again, I, I think that there are a lot of stars. I think there are multiple first-team All-American candidates in the Big 12. But if you look at who the best player is, who should be player of the year, and who I think is the single most dominant basketball player, male or female, ever to play for Kansas State, which has a lot of decorated players, Aoka Lee is that dude, that woman, however you want to phrase it. She is the best. She is the most dominant. All right. So let me remind you that um, the reigning Big 12 player of the year is Melissa Smith of Baylor. She, she won it last year. And, and since that time, she's only gotten better from then. She's increased her scoring per game by almost, well, by, by 2.3 points. Her rebounds have gone up by th- almost three. Her sister up, her blocks are up like, she was the best player in the Big 12 last year, according to everyone who decides this, and she's only gotten better. Doing so with a new coach, doing so in a, in a, with a new scheme. Like, I, I get it. I get all of these things. I understand everything about Aoka Lee. There's no arguing any of that. There's no arguing what Alyssa, or, or Ashley Jones is doing. And, and I get it. It's nice to do something different than pick a Baylor player. Right. There's, you know, you get the get tired of just the same teams winning. Baylor won, has won the last two years in a row. Baylor's won, had more big total players of the year than anybody else. They have nine total. Okay. I, I get all that. Take the frustration of having a Baylor player win out of your mind and understand they have the same number of losses in conference play as Iowa State and Oklahoma right now. They're just, they played two fewer games. Sitting at five and two. Only a game back from Iowa State and Oklahoma. Baylor is still in this. Baylor can still win. And a large reason for that is the defending Big 12 player of the year, Nalissa Smith, who leads this team and has only been better this year than she was last when she was the best player in the conference. And so I understand that people can rise up, and that's great. But the best player only got better. I think that's why she's in this situation. Not to mention playing for Baylor, who's typically a pretty, pretty good team and surrounded by talent. Now look, let me just let me just end this by saying I I have a hard time buying my argument. It's not and I don't mean that she's not good. Um like I said, I think Maddie Williams for Oklahoma, with the way they're playing, has a legitimate case to be player of the year. I think Ashley Jones absolutely does. I think it's to be disappointing. I was disappointed with Anika Lee winning last year and there's a big plus player in the Big 12. Like if it doesn't go to Aoka Lee, I don't I, look. We got a lot of games still to play, and we've seen players go on runs. Right? There's enough people on the on the edges here, like Williams, 
that if you see a team go on a run or or that player go on a run, could absolutely take this. But I, I think this is a, a three-player race. I really think it's closer to a two. And I think a big part of the reason Alyssa Smith is still in this race is because she won last year, because she is so good, because she plays for Baylor, and Baylor's playing well. Well, and part of it, too, is that like you can make perfectly valid arguments at this moment like we are. But I would think I would say that the second half of the season is even more important because that's when you see, okay, well, these teams have seen you before. They are able to game plan not just off of the film they've watched, but off of their own results from the first round. What are you going to do about it? Because if you come back and, you know, when that K-State Oklahoma rematch happens, what are you going to do in that situation? First of all, Oklahoma, what are you going to figure out? Because you got something to figure out there, quite obviously. Okay. They, they should be forced to retire Aoka Lee's jersey. <laughs> hang, it, hang the record in the rafters. This but, happened here. But you, you have to say, okay, you're now not just doing what you do well. You're having to adjust to them seeing how you did in the first round. And so I think that's where you see such significant separation where, okay, these people kind of fell off because the adjustments made by opposing teams were better than the adjustments they themselves could make or vice versa. You're able to out adjust, you're able to adapt and you're able to do things differently than you did the first time you matched up or what you do is just so much better than anyone else that even if they try, they can't stop you. And that's what you have to see in the, in the second round of games. And plus You've got situations where, you know, some of some of the best competition that some of these players are going to see is yet to come. And I'm thinking most specifically about, you know, you think of like Melissa Smith. Baylor hasn't even played Texas yet. You know, there's just some question marks there. And the the games to start off their Big 12 season were just kind of anomalous where obviously they were great. K-State's game plan against them was great. I think that it'll be another really good game there. But you see, okay. Baylor's doing the quote-unquote Baylor things again. What's Melissa Smith going to do in these, you know, these next matchups? And so that's what I'm just, I'm excited to see where things go in the second half of the season. Because I think that that's so exciting to get to see that happen again. That's why the Big 12 is so awesome. So you get two for each. I'll say oh, this. I'm going to miss double round robin so much. Oh, yeah. I, I am too. As long as they, another topic for another day. Um Everybody's got some interesting stretches. Baylor has a very, very interesting four-game stretch coming up. They got Oklahoma at home, then Texas at home, then on the road at Texas, and home for Kansas State. So you've got four games against ranked teams, Texas back-to-back, OU and Kansas State in that run. That is going to be a very interesting stretch for Baylor. Kansas State, on the other hand, has a road game at Iowa State, Texas Tech at home. That's a Texas Tech team that already beat them by almost 20 on the road. God, that one was weird. Uh, a road game at Baylor and a road game at Kansas. And Kansas is good this year. They're not great, but they, that is a good Kansas squad. So they have a very good like 43 out of the last 48 in that. Yeah, no. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, for Iowa State, Kansas State at home this week, followed by Oklahoma State, road game at TCU, and then a road game at Texas. It's a little bit easier Sorry, Oklahoma State at home and at TCU is a pretty is a pretty is a nice two game cushion between Kansas State and Texas. This is a much easier four game stretch for Iowa State since this is the parameter we're using. But a couple of tough games. I mean, there's plenty of tough games in this conference. As we mentioned, I don't think the bottom is as strong on the women's side as the men's. TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, not great. West Virginia is fine, but there's still enough really good teams in this conference. Heck, we we saw the top sixteen released. Uh, just a few days ago, as they do for the men and the women, the top 16 ranking had four Big 12 teams in the top 16. Texas at 7, Iowa State at 10, Baylor at 13, and Kansas State at 16. The top four teams. The only other conference with four teams is the SEC, and the SEC in which basketball is supposed to be just, you know, freaking awesome, and it is. The top of the Big 12 this year is really stinking good. This is a This is the most fun, this race, to find out who's going to win the conference has been on the women's side 
in a very, very, like last year was kind of fun, but Baylor, you know, still this year is the most fun it's been in a very, very long time because it really does feel like it is the absolute most open for who's going to win the regular season, who could win the tournament, who's going to be player of the year. Like I know Ioka Lee should be the favorite right now, but we just said it. There's so much left to play. This does feel like it is all very, very open for the taking. And I think that's that's great. That's fun. That's how it. That, it's more exciting that way. Well, when you look at the schedules, and I mean, not that it will happen, but very realistically, you could have the first place team in the Big 12 with four losses in conference. <sighs> and I mean, that just, with, with the way that Baylor's been dominant atop the conference with maybe one, maybe, oh God, maybe two losses in a season, to look at that and have it, I mean, very realistically possible that's wild. That's absolutely wild because the top kind of beats up on each other. We've seen it already with every team sitting in the top half of the conference. Everyone's got at least two losses so far. Absolutely. That's great. I I think this is great. I think it's a ton of fun. I love it. I love it. We're going to take a real quick break uh, so we can plug some of the other shows on the 1012 Network. Don't forget you can find every show at 1012network.com. That's T-E-N number 12 the word network basketball season is finally here big 12 fans and for your home for men's and women's basketball come to midwest madness we are doing game coverages going over game analysis different rankings of teams and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference you're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have so go check out midwest madness available wherever you listen to podcasts Hey there, 1012 Network listeners. This is Dustin from the Scott Nolan Podcast, the original Houston Cougar athletics podcast, and the latest member of the 1012 Network. Uh, my co-host, Sam, do you want to tell the fine folks what the Scott Nolan Podcast is all about? I sure do. We come on here at least once a week, and we talk all things going on in the world of Houston Cougar sports. Plus, we usually find time for some of what's going on in our future conference, our current conference, and really the college sports world at large. We're not just a football, men's basketball podcast. We really pride ourselves here on the fact that every single team that wears the Scarlet and Albino in Houston and their jerseys gets time on our show. Plus, from time to time, we bring on some guests ranging from opposing team experts to even former Olympic great Carl Lewis. So be sure to search the Scott and Holman podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, we spell podcast P-A-W-D cast because we are oh so funny like that. All right, let's wrap this up with a uh, with a little football talk. Um, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit. We mentioned on, I think it was Thursday's show, uh, but the, you know, the rumor about the Big Ten, they're going to be considering ditching divisions because, you know, the West-East stuff is very Big 12, old Big 12, North-South, one side is dominant and full of good teams and one side is another division and one of the teams gets to go to the play uh, to the uh, championship game each season. Um, Andy Staples over the athletic kind of put together a proposal of if everybody did this, how would you set it up? And it's pretty much what I have been pushing for a while, which is give every big 12 team, no divisions. Once the new teams get here, don't go backwards. Stop going, stop being regressive. We don't need divisions. They're stupid. And they set you up for failure when you should make sure that the two best teams in the conference get to the championship game every year. Like we're doing now. Okay. Now not set yourself up for a potential nine and three team, eight and four team in the championship game. When you have a couple of 10 and two sitting in another division, but only one gets to go because of tiebreakers because you put together divisions like this is 1995. Let's not do that. I have been proposing give everybody three right. If you're going to do nine conference games, which I think they probably will, but that's up to the TV guys and what they want to pay most for. I think they probably stick with nine conference games. If you're going to do that, everybody gets three quote unquote rivals, three teams you play annually home and home, and then you rotate through everybody else. That way, anybody who comes to school there, you're still going to get to play everybody in every road arena once in their career, right? Once in a four-year career, you're playing everywhere. But three annual rivals you play every year, and then you rotate through everybody else. So as you guys are here today, I want to end on this. I've kind of have, I've had a list I've been kind of flipping through. I've got 10 versions of it of who I would put those rivals to be. And obviously, I think you have to put everybody's input as far as the schools of who would you like to play. But I'm going to kind of run through... I want, I want to kind of get some of you guys' thoughts because I got a, I lost the page on one of the ones that I had, which is really disappointing. Because when I tried to do this real quick while at work on Thursday, um, somehow I ended up with four teams playing TCU annually, which didn't really make any sense. But, you know, I'm not a math major for a reason. Um, 
Scott, as a Kansas State fan, I'm curious your thoughts. If you could play three teams of the new Big 12, the new Big 12, Oklahoma and Texas gone, who are the three teams you think Kansas State would want to play every year or that you would want to play every year? Yeah, so first off, I, I ended up gaming it through for everyone, and it was a very fun exercise. Uh, and I, I don't know. I love this idea, by the way. I, I want to see this happen. So for me, this it, it was super easy. And from what I say versus what you know Chris Kleiman might say could be totally different. But for me, it, it was no-brainer. I wanted to play the three other Big 8 schools every single year. I want KU uh, because easy win, in-state rival. Iowa State, it, it's the rivalry that was born on Twitter, uh, and, it, and it's – spilled over into the field. I think based on some of the stuff Chris Kleiman has said, uh, I, I don't think he likes Iowa State, and I think he hates that he's lost to them back-to-back uh, -back years. And I, I, I love that. And then Oklahoma State. I want to see K-State win in T-Boone Pickens Stadium before I die, and it might take me until I'm 80, but I want my max amount of chances to see that happen. I, I just like the history. I think the th number one thing that has been lost with – conference realignment in history um KU and K-State have one of the most consecutive or most longest running active rivalries uh in the war in the in, in college football K-State and Iowa State once the series started it has never stopped it is the longest continuous series that has never stopped at any point and I don't want to lose those things and again Oklahoma State I've been playing them longer I don't really care about uh playing a Texas, a singular Texas school every single year because, hey, you're going to rotate through it. My guess is if that was the way it was, you're playing at least one game in Texas uh, on the road. I would love to get up into Ohio every now and then. But again, you know, if they do it correctly, you're going to be playing them two out of four years anyway. So I'm just going to max out the history. KU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, Jamie, as an Iowa State fan, New Look Pick 12. Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF at the conference. What three schools would you want Iowa State to play every year? I mean, two are really easy. Obviously, K-State, that's really a given. The new Farmageddon, the new great rivalry in the Big 12 people. Maybe maybe if, if this proposal goes through, then we finally get our tractor trophy. And then you... Absolutely, in my opinion, cannot diminish the Riot Bull. You got you gotta keep West Virginia. I mean, aside from the way this past year went, I don't want to think about that. I just want to think about how much fun. Like, there's a really cool camaraderie between Iowa State and West Virginia. Like, the fan bases are just made up of similar types of people. They get along really well. They're both just kind of similar groups of people, similar kind of towns, whatever. And that's always been a really fun one to me. And then beyond that is where it gets kind of muddy. And so you almost think, okay, after that, there's not like a specific person, a specific team that to me, Iowa State has like, this really big tie, like you can't get rid of this one. And so you almost think, okay, who could you pick out of the new group? And I don't know if nothing else, the proximity of Cincinnati, just like the States that it's near, you've got kind of those other, not quite Midwest, but kind of Midwest States that you can get over. I'm, bias because I've got family over in Ohio so that's kind of cool too but I don't know I just don't know the other state or the other schools well enough to really make a strong decision my my instinct would be towards Cincinnati but I'm sure there's probably good uh good arguments for all of them but the, the two big 12 the two current big 12 ones those are like those are easy all right. So again, I've gone through various iterations because at a certain point it does get tricky. Like you start to wonder like who wants to play who, um, there aren't a ton of, right. Like I know every team in Texas has played each other in various for years and years and years, but I don't feel like 
all the Houston, Baylor, TCU, and Texas. Like, like I don't feel like they're all just like we have to play each other every year. Like I don't, I don't think that makes sense because again, like BYU's coming and it makes a lot of sense for TCU and BYU to renew what used to actually be a conference game back in the day, right? Um, uh, BYU and Baylor because you got two religious based institutions again playing each year makes a lot of sense. And if you're if you're BYU, you want to get down to Texas and play games. So I'm going to run through as I'm sitting here talking. Um, I made a new version because I enjoy doing this way too much. I told you like multiple. So let's look at this way. Baylor has to keep Texas Tech because you have to keep the butt bowl. We cannot lose the butt bowl. It is the funniest of all the rivalry names, and that needs a true trophy, like a real trophy. Um, they're going to get Houston, and they're going to BYU, right? The, the Texas so teams are going to play. be the rivalry. Uh, Iowa State gets Kansas State. They get West Virginia because Iowa State likes to West Virginia. And I think Iowa State and Oklahoma State become a lot of fun. Like I think there's a, a mutual distaste and respect for each other. Um, they they appreciate each other. They don't like each other because there have been some some losses on both ends. It's like we hate you for that. But that's what a good rivalry should have. Doesn't have to all be hate. There can be some mutual respect where you like. I enjoy playing them. I also hate playing them every year. And those games are stupid close all the time. It drives me nuts. Um, Kansas, you're getting Kansas State because of course. We got to keep some traditional rivalries. They're going to get TCU and they're going to get UCF. Why? Because somebody had to just kind of end up with whoever had spots to fill, and it's Kansas. So yeah, I'm sorry, Kansas. Like I, I would love to, but whatever. Kansas State, you get Iowa State, you get Kansas, and I know you want to keep Oklahoma State as well, but I, I need you to take on one of the new teams. You're taking Cincinnati because Kansas State, Cincinnati. I think it opens up. Kansas State has such a hard time recruiting, and I'm not going to go into the, like Kansas State can't recruit. It is not the easiest school to recruit to, Scott. Am I? You're not gonna. He's not. He's like, I'm not arguing. That's not a shot at you. That's more like a, I know you're gonna agree with me here. Opening up an opportunity into Ohio is probably gonna be almost easier for Kansas than it is open, trying to hammer Texas even more than you guys already do, and you do okay. Plus, you're gonna get rotating Texases. Anyways, Cincinnati, Kansas State could have some fun there. But what was the rivalry? With, oh, uh, oh shoot. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna have the curse uh, of ca- yes, uh, because this is the uh, the ca- well, not catastrophe. It was the uh, oh, I had a name for the stupid. Oh, I'm gonna find it in my in our it's in our DMs. Because um, oh, I thought it was pretty good. The cat flick. Yeah, it's the, the cat, cat flick. Because both have cursive cat uniforms, and I need that to happen. Cursive cat uniforms between Cincinnati and Kansas State every year. It'll be called the cat flick. <laughs> as stupid as it is, we need some fun stuff. Um, I want okay, that be- so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna make this a thing. You're all gonna imagine want it. the shirt Homefield would put out. Oh, it'd be beautiful. It would be beautiful. BYU gets TCU, gets Baylor, of course. And as an Oklahoma State fan, I want to go recruit uh, out there at West better. So I'm gonna give Oklahoma State BYU. BYU being the most furthest West team, giving them three annual games that is within the closest proximity to them outside of Texas Tech. I think it's kind of doing a nice thing for BYU. I'm not going to send them to UCF every year. Like, that makes sense. Also, again, as an Oklahoma State fan, I want us to recruit out West better. I want to do better in Utah and Arizona. I want to be out there playing. Plus, have you seen pictures of, like, their football stadium and their baseball stadium? Like, it's freaking gorgeous. I would love to go out there for a game. And I'm not a Dr. Pepper fan, but, I, you know, I'll sneak something out of a flask. Houston gets TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor. They are the only of the Texas schools that only plays Texas schools because... Uh, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, BYU, and Texas Tech. As an Oklahoma State fan, I need one Texas rivalry school. And I'm, every time we post this question to Oklahoma State fans, it's not TCU, it's not Baylor, it's Texas Tech. There is something between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech where we're both just kind of like, uh, we, yeah, let's, let's keep doing this every year. This is fun. We don't like you, but it's fun. Uh, just for the record, Manhattan, Kansas is 200 miles closer to Provo, Utah than Stillwater is. Well, I'm selfish, and I want recruiting out west. And you, no, I know. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you're gonna claim, I'm just gonna say. If you're claiming it's, oh, we're trying to be the uh, nice thing. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. You wanna, you wanna trade Cincinnati? No, I wanna play you. Okay. No, I want, I want to play the Big Eight schools. There you go. I know. I know. Uh, Texas Tech. You get Houston. You get Baylor, and you get Oklahoma State. TCU. You get BYU, Houston, and Kansas. Congratulations, you get Kansas every year, but you've lost to them, so I'm not sure that's a great thing for you. West Virginia gets UCF. Cincinnati and Iowa State, it makes... West Virginia already recruits Ohio. West Virginia already recruits Florida. It makes the most sense for them to play those three teams. Plus, again, 
rival. Cincinnati, you get West Virginia, Kansas State, and UCF. UCF, you get West Virginia, Kansas, and Cincinnati. Because UCF and Cincinnati should play. They already play right now. They have some great games. Again, we can do this a thousand different ways, and people are going to be like, we should be playing. And obviously, we don't all just agree on all this stuff, but that's the fun of it. But if I'm going to sit here and talk about it, I should at least sit down and, and write it out again and talk about it here on the air. So for everybody listening, if you have thoughts on any of those, if you have an opinion on what three teams you want your school to play annually, if the Big 12 were smart enough to do this and not do stupid divisions, uh, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, 1012 network T-E-N number 12 to the word network. Uh, you can hit us up in the DMs on Instagram as well, at 1012pod. Our DMs are always open. I'm happy to respond to people. Um, I would really like to not get another notification for this tweet that we did about the transfer portal that really wasn't that funny, but is the best performing tweet we've ever had. And don't oh, ask me why that is. Me, I had a viral tweet. <laughs> Am I? Okay. My phone's dying and tired of it. It's not even a good tweet. You know you can mute notifications on the tweet, right? No, you know what's stupid? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make... It's the laziest tweet I've ever done. The I laziest joke. I, I know, it but funny. it was a lazy joke. It wasn't even like a... I just, That's I what Twitter thrives off of. Have you been on oh, that man. platform? I, I'm in a group chat, which is just a group of like-minded folks in Twitter DMs, and we have this thing called hashtag the formula where we see someone in the K-State Twitter sphere that tweets something and it goes to a formula every single time between 100 and 500 likes. Doesn't matter what it is, there is a formula. So congratulations for going viral. I, I wasn't trying, I swear to God, I was not trying to help him brag about this in any way, shape, or form. I'm more annoyed. That, that said, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> we're like actual Big 12 things and not making fun of Auburn and their weird transfer portal device that they have <laughs> we don't have money to pay players because you're spending all on bs nonsense like this but i saw someone my favorite tweet was it was like of course they have this but the bathrooms in the science building have been broken down since 1998 uh, <laughs> um, uh, this feels like a good spot to wrap you guys have been awesome scott sir thank you so yes. much for taking some time out of your your night um i know you're sad about kansas city but i appreciate Thanks you joining for us being my biggest fan yeah, no, I, I, I do love this uh, <laughs> network. While we are not part of the network, Bosco's Voice Podcast. It's not my uh, fault. Number one fan run. Basically. Uh, yeah, I, not your fault. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say I, I'm always, uh, to any 1012 uh, affiliates, I'm always willing and uh, able to hop on Top K-State with you guys since you guys don't have a K-State show. I love this network. I love the flagship show. I love so many of the, uh, you know, shows that make up your guys' network. So it's fun to kind of be the, uh, you know, step cousin, not quite related, but, you know, sometimes shows up at Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, I, I, I embrace that role. Um, if you are interested in k stuff, I dropped a kind of depressing k podcast this morning that I recorded at 5 a.m. because I had a busy day, but I talked about uh, the men's team, the women's team, and I went on a little bit of a rant about how, uh, I think that K-State needs to start leading the charge of the state of Kansas having a little bit more pride in itself and trying not to run away from the rich history in the state. It was recently Kansas Day. Uh, there's a lot of rich history, not only with K-State, but the state of Kansas. I'm going a little bit of a rant about that. So if you want to hear some, uh, you know, lifelong Kansan outside of the four years I was on the Missouri side of the Kansas City Metro uh, download the show. Tweet me at Scott Wildcat. I love to interact on Twitter. My DMs are also open if you want to yell at me and not do it on a public forum. So thanks again for having me on. Scott, always a pleasure, man. Check out Bosco's Boys. It is a fantastic Kansas State show. Yes. Look, I, I, I say it both as a joke and I'm like, yeah, you'd be the Kansas State show. We would have brought you on like at the the starting of this whole network back in August if, if we could have. But we can't. That's okay. We'll find... A Kansas State show somewhere out there as I look off into the distance <laughs> longingly, wishing sad that Kansas State is the last school we haven't had of the current schools when I'm sure Kansas State fans are like, you just don't like us. I'm like, what? How can I'm I not like you? sorry for being so good. Right. And, you know, I, we are the sun that blocks out all other K-State <laughs> podcasts. I'm sorry. Sorry we're gargantuan as my co-host. Would say. I'm, I'm just, uh, I am just an angry muggle who hates wizardry. And so we can't stand Bill Snyder. <laughs> uh, of course, the other voice who joins us as she always does, JSJ, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Jamie, uh, plug it all girl. Plug, plug away. Um, 
Well, I've got episode one of the Cyclone Family Podcast out right now. You can follow us on Twitter at Cyclone Fam Pod, right? Yeah. Cyclone Family Pod. God, what's I, I my think Twitter it's fam handle? Pod. It's, I think it's Fam Pod. Yeah, that's that's the number of characters I could have. Cyclone Fam Pod. Um so it turns out when you start a podcast, you need to plan more than one episode in advance. So I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. Um gonna see what happens i'm going out of town this weekend so my timing's poor but uh we're gonna try and put something out this week uh last week's was was really great um i'm i'm on all social media i'm at jstyz j-s-t-e-y-z i at least know that one i'll be calling the iowa state women's basketball game against k-state on wednesday night you can find me on the varsity app if you want to listen in as opposed to listening to the tv broadcast i don't know um yeah i've i've got those that's okay that's what we got Yes, uh, I confirm it is Cyclone <laughs> Fam Pod. Yeah, I, just, fam I pod. looked. I looked. <laughs> Not to confuse with Cyclone it's... Vam Pod, which is uh, a storytelling about if uh, the entire uh, Iowa State football coaching staff was actually made up of vampires. It's actually very weird and interesting and niche. If that's your sort of thing, uh, I don't know if they'll bring in werewolves or not. Uh, and the love story is a bit thick, but it's all right. Uh, <laughs> I kind of of wish that was real. I would listen. You know, does vampire Matt Campbell have an agent? (laughs) And that's where we end. (laughs) I was proud of that Podcast Network.